This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield, going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, the countdown is on, gentlemen. Not sure how many of those saw this little nugget, courtesy ESPN's Adam Schefter earlier in the day. 100 days until the regular season opener. We're talking about that Thursday night game on September 9th. Cowboys and Buccaneers. Of course, Cardinal fans, you got to wait another three days before you see the Cardinals in action at the Tennessee Titans for Week 1. But MJ, yes, we can count it down. 100 days until the start of the regular season. Remember last week we were talking about two months until the start of training camp. We're getting closer and closer. Closer and closer, and I think everyone's anticipating, you know, just uh, the first game of the season everyone's excited for. But, you know, week one, I think a lot of teams are going to start to know more, but I think you got to give it a, you know at least a month. But it's exciting. Now, as of tomorrow, we'll be down to double digits. Yes, and then, of course, speaking of tomorrow, this week, Bertram Berry is the start of the Cardinals' organized team activities, voluntary OTAs, and we will get to see for a little brief period of time this team, quote-unquote, in action so to speak but this is when the offseason really ramps up these next couple of weeks when yes you get to keep these guys on the field for a little bit of uh, I don't know it's not really football but it is certainly better than nothing since we didn't have anything at all last year yeah and I really believe for for the guys on the team now you get an idea of the season's almost around the corner and and you're getting together you kind of look around you see what the team is going to look like you see the different faces and and everybody's together and so you start to imagine you start to really think this thing through what what are we what are we going to be what are we going to look like as a team and i think this is when guys really understand that the, the season is right around the corner so guys start ramping up their their workout regimens and and uh, they start making sure that they're eating right, doing the things they need to do because they know between now and September it's going to be vital that they make sure that they are fully ready to go and, and, and in the best shape of their life because they've got a nice long haul to try to go win a championship. Beatrain, let me ask you this as a former player, and I think you were at two different stages of your career as far as whether the offseason was a big deal. Yes, you needed to make some noise, get noticed, and then once you were established, maybe the offseason wasn't nearly as important. OTAs, and yes, we know minicamp is mandatory, but who shows up, who doesn't? We're in a different stage of player these last couple of seasons to where guys are working out. It just might not be in their own facilities. They're getting together on their own. Big deal, not a big deal when we see players on the field. And everyone's going to want to know who's here, who's not, even though it does need to be mentioned, it is voluntary. Well, it's, it's going to be important to the guys that, that don't have real contracts, the guys that have future consideration contracts. It's going to be vital for them to get those reps. For the guys that are established veterans and, and know they've got signing bonuses 
and and know that they're going to be on the team, it's not the biggest of deal. But you do want to get your footing down. You do want to get some of your timing down. And I know for this year's version of the Cardinals, there's going to be a lot of new faces in key places. So they want to start to develop that chemistry with one another. Some of them may have been working out already together, but you still want to get that, that chemistry on the field because it's one thing to, to lift weights. You could do that with anybody, but to go out there and, and, and get that timing and rhythm from an offense, defense, and special team standpoint, even the coaches, uh, it, it's going to take some time. So some guys are going to take that more seriously than others. If you're a, a 10-plus year veteran, you know, you, you know, been there, done that, and, and you're just trying to uh, get your reps in and, and, and get out of that heat as fast as you can. But those guys that are on future consideration contracts, uh, these reps are everything. You know, you look at this offseason, and, you know, obviously a lot of teams, if not all 32, I know the majority have cut back. So you would hope that they would show up versus, you know, have to be here for the next month, and then obviously you get a little time off. So, you know, we'll see. But it is voluntary, and you just hope that. You know, uh, you got to get timing down, and, and a lot of these rookies, besides the first two top picks, a lot of these other guys aren't going to get the same kind of reps. And you got to find what your depth chart looks like, who's your fourth corner, who's your third or fourth wide receiver, and all that will be decided. But you want to see where you're lining up when it comes to the depth chart. Yeah, and chemistry defensively, as far as with now Zayvon Collins as your Mike linebacker, the quarterback of the defense, getting chemistry amongst the other 10 players on the field, the offensive line chemistry. And of course, we're always big on the quarterback wide receiver chemistry. A year ago was, okay, Kyler. Murray needs to work with DeAndre Hopkins this season or this offseason. It's Murray and A.J. Green needing to work together. We've already seen a little bit of that in Dallas, and now hopefully we'll get to see it here in Tempe. But big deal or no big deal, it is something that is going to be discussed. I don't really pay too much attention to it. Mandatory minicamp, different story, but voluntary OTAs, a little bit different, at least from my perspective. Speaking of Kyler Murray, this, though, is year three, and I know MJ, a year ago at this time it was like okay the second year second year into the system we've seen what former quarterbacks have done we've seen what Patrick Mahomes have done what Lamar Jackson has done and now it's year three and I can already sense it that it's okay well Josh Allen in year three look what he did with the Buffalo Bills but year three is going to be big for Murray Baker Mayfield and they made a coaching switch and clearly Kevin Stefanski they have a lot of talent in Cleveland so it wouldn't surprise me if you know if he has a winning record like he did a year ago but yeah I mean, this, we talk about being on that rookie contract, and you got to take that next step. And I think all the quarterbacks you mentioned, they've been in the same system for the most part. Brian Dable has been there with Josh Allen. Of course, you look at the Ravens with uh, Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes has had the same head coach, play caller, and Andy Reid, along with Eric Bieniemy. So this is the third year with Kingsbury and Murray, and we have to see that make that not so much – a leap, but they have to make progress where this team is not looking at eight and eight at the end of the year or nine and eight at the end of the year. Yeah, you want them to make a playoff push, get into the postseason. That next step for this Cardinals team that hasn't been there now in several seasons. Of course, it's not just the focus on Kyler Murray; it is the entire team. Something Kyler, Kyler talked about earlier this offseason on the Pat McAfee show. I think we led the league in penalties, you know, and that's not that's not winning football. It's not championship football. We showed a lot of flashes, but, you know, I think there's a lot of work to be done. And I hope, you know, we can come back with that sense of urgency and understand, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done because, I mean, our, our division, I think we play in the toughest division in the NFL. It's only getting tougher. So the urgency has to be super high. The most penalized team in 2020, Bertrand. And now, of course, the work that Murray is talking about. Yes, it's been ongoing. But as you said earlier in this segment, it really ramps up 
this month in the month of June, but a lot of people are going to be focusing on the quarterback. I know we have a love-hate relationship with quarterbacks on this show, B-Train, but you have to have a quarterback, and the Cardinals believe they have one. Yeah, they do have a quarterback for the future, and and whatever his deficiencies are, if he's working on them and he's constantly getting better, then I think that's a step in the right direction. The thing that he talked about that I think is going to be key for this team is the mental mistakes. When you have those penalties and and you're beating yourself, uh, you cannot afford to do that with the Cardinals' schedule that they have in the division that they're in. Every every yard is going to matter in 2021. Every time that you get the ball on offense, you've got to – make sure that you try to go get points as best you can. And uh, it's going to be – the, the, the margin of error is going to be so small in, in 2021 in the NFC West that you can't afford to give away a single game. You're going to have to play each game like your life depended on it. And I know that's easier said than done. You're going to always have those clunkers in the middle of the season, but uh, you have to do your best not to have those clunkers based on self-inflicted wounds. Now, if the other team beats you, so be it. But you cannot – allow yourself to, to, to have those type of mistakes and think that you're going to be successful uh, in that particular game and in the season overall. I'm glad he brought that up, and I don't know what the question was, but that was an issue, and inconsistency was an issue, and learning how to finish games when you, you know, you're trailing in the third or fourth quarter, learning how to finish. So, the, again, it's a big year for everyone, but including the head coach and the quarterback, because this is the year you're going to want to see them take that next step that next process. So I'm glad he brought that up, but the penalties are more mental errors pre- and post-snap, and then just the inconsistency from week in and week out. One week it was the defense that led this team, maybe before when they were 6-3, and three, maybe it was the offense. So they got to get more consistent across the board, and I think Murray realizes that. Every week is important. There was a three-game winning streak, but once that team got to three, you couldn't get to four, and it was once the team felt like it almost had arrived or got some good momentum, that would be a setback, and that's why this team did finish 8-8 eight and eight a year ago. Inconsistency, something, again, Murray discussed with Pat McAfee. It was just like just you just didn't know which team you were getting, and I think that comes down to you know us being inconsistent. And for me, I think it's, it starts with the little things. I've, I've said it before. Organizations that win, they do everything right. They do everything the right way. Um, the attention to detail, um, the small things. Like I've said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I think we got to get to the point where we do everything the right way, and we don't take any of that stuff for granted. And I think that'll you know kind of change the narrative or uh, the feel around the organization. Great to hear that B-Train coming from the quarterback. Now we need to see it, talking about the little things. And the little things are organized team activities. It's mandatory minicamp. It's being around your teammates, putting in the work this offseason for the benefit of the regular season. I think people are going to have a different opinion about OTAs and mandatory minicamps considering what happened last year. Some guys are going to say, well, hey, we had successful seasons and and we didn't need it. And then others are going to say we didn't have a successful season and we really need it. So there, there's going to be two different mindsets going into these these mini camps and, and OTAs and and off season programs. I think teams that had a little bit of success are are going to be a little less optimistic or a little less willing to to buy a all the way into it, and then the teams that struggled and, and didn't make the playoffs, they're like, hey, we need as much time together as we could possibly get. And I think with the Cardinals going 8-8, eight and eight, you definitely need a little more time to, to make sure that that chemistry is all there. And, and I think 
you can gain some ground, some leverage, if you will, on the division and the league as a whole if you're willing to look at these mini camps and OTAs in the right way. And, and that's going out every day, trying to get better, having that communication with your teammates, with your coaches, and understanding what it is that everybody's trying to do. We don't know how much the starters are going to play in the preseason. Obviously, you want to get on the same page and start clicking as you go into the season. But, you know, the fact is that, you know, a guy like Chandler Jones told us last year he could have used a preseason game. You know, he was he came out, I thought he maybe came in a little heavy and he was trying to get in conditioning. Usually you go to camp and get in conditioning. He's a veteran guy coming off an injury. But he said that he needed a preseason game. And we know a couple of years ago the Cardinals were trying to hide their offense I think everyone knows the offense now, so get out there and put some good stuff on film, and then you can try to figure out what your depth is on the roster. Yeah, full training camp and three preseason games. One last point on Kyler Murray. I know, MJ, you saw this this morning. CBS Sports' Pete Prisco listed or revealed his top 100 players in the National Football League. Five Cardinals made the list. DeAndre Hopkins, the highest at number 36, but... Kyler Murray, number 94, the 11th of 12 quarterbacks listed on this top 100 list. Big deal, not a big deal when you're talking about off-season lists. It's a good talking point. It's a good debate, discussion. And I know some players do pay attention to this, but how much do how much stock do we put into something like this? Well, it's it's the off season. It's June first, and Prisco does this. I think they're more interested to see what the NFL top one hundred list is, and maybe they didn't get the same amount of votes from last year, even though possibly some of the players did it outside the locker room. But yeah, you look at some of the quarterbacks ahead of them. Of course, Mahomes, Rogers, Brady, Wilson, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Kurt Cousins. And then it's Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow. I mean, so you got a, a little bit of mixture of youth and experience in there. And, and we're talking about the same guys when you look at the, you know the guys that he's chasing when it comes to being in the league two or three years. And, you know, Baker Mayfield probably should be on that list also. How much is this discussed even in the offseason B-Train when players see media lists or these lists come out? And yes, it's the offseason. Everyone's looking for something to talk about. How much is it talked amongst the peers? Oh, a lot. And I'll say, you know, I don't want to come off as the get-off-my-lawn guy. When I played, we didn't have these lists. So uh, they they weren't doing that just yet. But I will say, if they don't give you any money or they don't give you any type of trophy for that list, it don't mean jack. All you got to do is go out there and play, and you'll get that jersey that says All-Pro, or you'll get that ring that says World Champion. Those are the validations that most guys want, and all of this off-season stuff is just for people to to to, to get attention and and have people look at that list and, and debate it and and that's all that it's for. But as a player, if you just go out and do your job, you'll be on the top of the list that matter the most, like All Pro, Pro Bowl, and 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 guys that are up for deals and 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 be on the bottom line of of, of TV shows where you, they're talking about you're getting four- and five-year extensions. That's the only type of list that I want to be on. I like that. Postseason lists matter. Preseason lists don't. But for argument's sake, Hopkins number 36, Buda Baker 51, Chandler Jones 54, J.J. Watt 66, and again, Kyle Murray checking in at number 94. Rodney Hudson and D.J. Humphreys just missed Pete Prisco's top 100 list. Speaking of Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, we'll get into those two coming up in our next segment as we continue to roll on here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 
Season 4, Episode 2 of the Emmy Award-winning series Cardinals Flight Plan is available now via the Cardinals YouTube channel. Flight Plan takes you behind the scenes of the Cardinals draft, plus an inside look at the recent rookie minicamp. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the action. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m., the Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. the run, drops back the throw, in trouble and gets sacked at the 34-yard line. Chandler Jones there for the Cardinals. I'll say this, it's going to be time where you're going to see J.J. and Chan together because a three technique to the, you know, Will Backer side, if he's a hot in the gap vertical guy in the B gap, it's going to allow Chan to have a two-way go and to come under sometimes. But most of the time, you know, having those guys split, it's going to make the offense be honest in protections. It is one of the many things that I'm looking forward to with respects to the 2021 Arizona Cardinals season, and that is seeing, one, a healthy Chandler Jones and J.J. Watts in a Cardinals uniform and those two on the field together. Maybe, as Vance Joseph alluded to there on the Big Red Rage in a recent episode, on the same side as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Barry in. We divert a lot of this talk to B-Train, who played the position. He was on that defensive side of the ball. I know we've discussed this a lot, especially when Watt was signed B-Train, but you heard Coach Joseph there and what this now means for opposing offenses, and specifically the offensive linemen, when you have a J.J. Watt and a Chandler Jones, whether they're on opposite sides, they're on the same side, there's a lot of different directions that Coach Joseph can go with those two. And you are talking about two of the premier pass rushers in the National Football League. And I think for Coach Joseph, I think he's going to use primarily divide and conquer as a as a scheme to, to get both those guys on opposite sides so that you don't overload the protection to one side if, if, if they are happen to lined up on the same side. I, I think for a J.J. Watt and the Chandler Jones, these are both 10-plus-year veterans. They understand how to create their own space. They know how to, to win their one-on-one matchups. So you want to put them in positions where they can do that. And I think if you put them on the same side, you almost eliminate their opportunity to do what they do best, which is beating their defender one-on-one. And so um, I, I see him – getting them in, in situations where one's going to be on the left, one's going to be on the right, and the offensive coordinator and, and the center and quarterback are going to have a dilemma in their hands. Who do they turn to? Who do they give the focus to? Who do they give the extra blocking to? Because if you leave one with all that attention, the other one is, is going to have a one-on-one, and, and uh, that creates a problem in and of itself. So I love the idea of these two gentlemen on the field at the same time, particularly on the opposite side, because – it just gives you so much diversity and it allows you to take up so much attention on those guys that the other guys have a chance to have success. The Cardinals finished last year fourth in NFL sacks. They had 48. Um, you know, you take away Hassan Reddick until Dennis Gardeck comes back, but a healthy Chandler Jones, a healthy J.J. Watt. And I know we get fix, I get fixated on sacks where hurries, pressures, knockdown, but i got to think they're going to be in the 50s this year. 
And that's where the pressure uh, starts up front, get the quarterback off his spot. Of course, you'd like to lead to turnovers. But I think initially that front seven is going to have to help that secondary until they kind of find out where they are. Well, remember those 48 sacks, a lot of that was by committee. 18 different players had at least one sack, and that was because you had no Chandler Jones. So Coach Joseph had to get very creative. But to your point, MJ, when you look at now two of the best pass rushers, in fact, Chandler Jones, 99 sacks, J.J. Watt, 95 and a half sacks since 2020. 12, they rank 1-2. If you have those two, it does open up for a Marcus Golden, a Devon Kennard, maybe even an Isaiah Simmons. But I think a lot of those quote-unquote 50 sacks that you put on, we would hope that it is eaten up by Watt and Jones. Correct. And then we talked about the rush defense. That's got to get better. And that's going to start with Jordan Phillips. And you, you throw in there you know, a guy like Zach Allen and then, you know, um, uh, Phillips, Phillips. Jordan, yeah, and then just the fact that you're going to have somebody inside. So I, I just think JJ Watt is going to definitely improve the rush defense, and you hopefully you get, you know, Phillips for all 17 games. Zach Allen played in 14 last year, and I do like their rotation uh, with Lucky and, and Rashard Lawrence. So I, don't, I think I don't know if you're ever satisfied at that position, but I could see them keeping seven. But it's all going to start by stopping the run and then getting pressure on the quarterback. Watt only had five sacks last season, but he was the most double teamed defense defensive lineman in the entire league and according to the NFL Network's Bucky Brooks that might not be the case a lot this upcoming season as he mentioned on the NFL Network recently. The Cardinals are a top five blitz team so they want to blitz so they can get more one-on-one matchups. J.J. Watt was the most double team edge rusher last year so now he gets more one-on-one opportunities you begin to focus on him. Chandler Jones gets one-on-one, and we saw the stat. These two guys ranked top one and two in sacks from 2012. If you're the Cardinals in a division where you have good quarterback play, you have to be able to knock the quarterback down. I know B-Train, Watt is getting up there in age. In fact, he's 32 years old. But when you talk about one-on-one, yes, sometimes it's the physicality and the skill set, but there's also the experience level that a J.J. Watt has maybe over an other offensive lineman to where all of a sudden maybe you've maybe lost a little bit of a step, but what you make up for in that step, and maybe you're two steps quicker is because you've seen everything and now all of a sudden you know how to react to what is thrown your way. The thing that's most valuable about J.J. Watt right now is his mind. Yes, his body is still imposing, it's still big and it's still strong, but his mind is going to be what allows this defense to be so versatile and so lethal. And I think the same thing can be said about Chandler Jones. Both of these men are they're not spring chickens, but the fact is they've acquired so much knowledge and they've, they've had so much success in the league already that they can pretty much roll, out, roll into the season and already be accounted for five sacks apiece just on their knowledge of how to get after quarterbacks and how to defeat offensive linemen one-on-one. So then you throw in the effort, you throw in the situations that are going to be favorable. I expect both men to have double-digit sacks, and I think you're going to see one of the more – explosive defenses because then the sacks are going to lead to fumbles and 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 quick throws which lead to turnovers and and speeding up the quarterback's process I, I just think their minds are going to be the most valuable to Vance Joseph because not only are they physically able to still do it but they can do it for themselves one and then they can help the younger guys find out how they can 
can be uh, just as effective doing their one-on-ones and when they get their opportunities. As Bucky Brooks pointed out, he was uh, double-teamed 36% of the time, and he just didn't have the talent around. I anticipate we're going to see tackle for losses. I think he's going to be able to shoot the gap and split a double-team between the guard and center, and that's going to open things up for the outside guys. I mean, they have legitimate pass rushers coming off the edge. If you can just get some pressure up the middle, and that could be Xavier Collins coming on a delayed blitz, could be Isaiah Simmons showing disguise, but that's where it's all going to start. But I anticipate we're going to see him in the backfield, tackle for losses, quarterback hits, quarterback hurries and pressures, and it's going to include the other defensive linemen with Zach Allen and Jordan Phillips. And that pressure up the middle was, at least on paper, supposed to be supplied by Jordan Phillips last season. He gets hurt, you lose that, and now with the addition of Watt and a healthy Phillips, you've got that on paper. Again, we need to see it on the field come week one and the rest of the 2021 regular season. But Vance Joseph on the Big Red Rage talked about that inside presence allowing for the guys on the outside to do their own work having a force inside of the three four defense is critical because you can now dictate protections and it can't simply you know bump the sam or or slide the chan and someone's going to get a one-on-one and most of the time it's the strong side end because the the center has to go with the nose the tackle goes to the sam and that poor strong side guard has to block jj one-on-one it's going to be fun be trained to see how opposing offenses deal with this and I think we're going to see some weeks maybe it's J.J. Watt that goes off and then the next week maybe it's Chandler Jones but the fact that together they form this tag team whether they're having success or their teammates are having success the Cardinals as a team are getting success on Sundays. The happiest person on the field every week is going to be Vance Joseph because he knows that those two catalysts are going to open it up for everybody and and whatever deficiencies that there may appear to be they're going to cover up a lot of those and and we we just have to make sure that these two gentlemen stay healthy because a healthy jj watt and a healthy chandler jones makes life so much easier and it makes the playbook that much easier to 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 choose and and to to make calls from because you know whatever you call it's it's probably going to work because you've got two guys that are highly effective at what it is that they do uh, being at the at the front of your defense. So I, I think Coach Joseph is going to be ecstatic, and I think both of those individuals are, are going to feed off of each other. And I love the fact that they both understand, because they're, they're pretty much in the same age, and they know that their window of, of having championship aspirations is, is only going to be for so long. So they've got to take advantage of the opportunities now and, and not let – any season or any game slip for an opportunity to go out there and have big plays. There was a lot of reaction when J.J. Watts announced on social media that he was going to be an Arizona Cardinal. The discussion was, all right, now the Cardinals certainly have all the pieces as far as guys who can get after opposing quarterbacks. And you look at what those opposing teams now are going to be met with week in and week out. One of those teams, the San Francisco 49ers, they'll get to see that defense twice a year. George Kittle with Kyle Brandt. Ten questions with Kyle Brandt. The podcast asks just that with Watt and Jones now on the same team and facing the 49ers twice. J.J. Watt, new to the NFC West. How are you going to block that guy this year? You may have to block that guy. Ah, cut block. <laughs> There's techniques. Welcome to the NFC. <laughs> is this is this now real football coming over from the AFC? Like, is that the way it works? I mean, 
this is going to get plastered, but they like the NFC West is the toughest division in my opinion. The Cardinals, they look pretty good on offense. You can't lie there. And then you got JJ. I mean, Chandler Jones, I still think is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. That dude's an absolute monster. You guys try to block him. He has go-go gadget extender arms. That's really annoying. <laughs> I'm guessing, B-Train, that when the phrase cut block is spoken or even written, it, uh, I don't know, sends shivers up and down your spine or, or maybe even uh, boils the blood a little bit? Well, it brings pain to my knees, and that's the thing that it brings first and foremost because I remember getting cut quite a bit. When you have success, it's the ultimate sign of respect that the other team really can't block you any other way. They're not going to try to do it the old-fashioned way. They're just going to go at your legs. and So you have to anticipate that and, and know that during the course of a game, you're going to get about three or four cut blocks. It's not going to be a lot. You're not going to get a steady diet of it because eventually they will adapt and adjust and, and jump over those guys and, and continue on what they're doing but I think I think George Kittle says it perfectly I mean what what are you going to do both of those guys are are freakishly long they're both very athletic and they're highly skilled at at getting after quarterbacks and and so when you have those combinations you you, got to pick your poison and I think for a lot of offensive coordinators they're going to have to do that during the course of the game when they're playing the Cardinals because there's not going to be you just you know, slide the, the protection to one side. You you got to be able to account for both ninety nine and fifty five because if you don't know where either one of those guys are, look out because your quarterback's in a world of hurt. I know the segments about the uh, the front seven and, and the pass rushers, inside linebackers. I mean, just imagine uh, Xavier Collins being free up, uh, Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons. You know, maybe some corners coming off the edge to get pressure on the quarterback. So it, it's fascinating. You look at every single layer; they have gotten better from a year ago. And how much we say that the pass rush helps the secondary and the secondary helps the pass rush. If all of that is working, watch out, especially in the NFC West. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X to see the Arizona Cardinals in action at State Farm Stadium. We have hit a halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, Well, we'll focus on the guys protecting Kyler Murray and that offensive line. That's all straight ahead. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. The Cardinals are trading for Raiders Pro Bowl center Rodney Hudson. I assume the Cardinals wanted him, and it wasn't officially released, so they snooped in there and said, hey, before he gets the open market, before we have to, is there any way we can trade for this? Nice move by the Cardinals. Cardinals are moving. Seismic shift is what the owner of the Cardinals said a week or two ago about the salary cap. They're making their team better over there. You got to respect it around Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury. The voice of Pat McAfee announcing that, yes, the Cardinals indeed went out and acquired the number one center in the National Football League. And that's not just me saying that. That's a lot of the metrics. That's a lot of the people that cover the sports and look at Rodney Hudson, even though he's about to turn 32. He is certainly one of the better, if not the best, centers in all of the NFLs. We welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rayolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Barrow as we focus on Hudson and the Cardinals offensive line. Line, but B-Train, that move by Hudson and moving from the Raiders to the Cardinals, in my opinion, the move of the offseason where I think can have the most 
dramatic effect, not just on the offense, but on this entire team. I think he was, and I know J.J. Watt gets the bulk of the attention, and rightfully so, but as far as what Hudson might be able to mean for this offense and moving the ball up and down the field, I think, for my, in my opinion, the best move of the offseason, whether that's a free agency, whether that's the drafts, or whether that, in this case, an acquisition. Specifically, it's, a, it's one of the better moves for Kyler Murray because now he doesn't have that pressure right in his face because the center is the most direct path of resistance between the quarterback and a defensive lineman. So when that is stout and, and you've got that ability to take a step back and, and survey the field and go through all your reads and checks, then that makes your job that much easier. And I think the easier Kyler Murray's job is, the easier it's going to be for everybody else to do their job. And when you start talking about bringing in Rodney Hudson, if you if you want something and you need something, like you're going grocery shopping, you're going to go buy the best groceries. You're not going to go and settle for the second or third best product out there. You're not going to go just for an off-name brand. You want to go get the best. And I think for the Cardinals, they saw an opportunity to go get the best because if you want a, a, an upgrade, then you upgrade to the the best. You don't just upgrade to something that's slightly above. So it made all the sense in the world. And I think for, for Rodney, he understood that this team really needed his services to take that next step. And you always want to feel wanted, fellas. And, and if you if you feel wanted and you feel needed, that that that's the that's the best sign of respect other than money that you can have in the NFL. And I think for both parties, it, it was a mutual love affair. And uh, they they both wanted each other. They both needed each other, and it just made perfect sense. I couldn't agree more with helping out the calls and just taking the pressure off of him. Now, you know, clearly they've upgraded over Mason Cole, and he got a chance. And you know, maybe they miss AQ Shipley, but you've upgraded that position. To me, you know, there a lot of times pressure was coming up the middle. What Kyler would bail the pocket to try to improvise. That shouldn't happen now. We're going to have to wait and see what happens at left guard right now. Justin Pugh goes in, right right guard. It could be Winters. It could be Josh Jones. It could be Justin Murray. But the difference is going to be the pocket should be able to hold up where Kyler can step up in the pocket and make the throws. And listen, I know he's on the shorter side, but Drew Brees stands on his toes. Russell Wilson can get the ball out. If you got more, and he doesn't have to drift back. So just being able to contain the pocket creating a U, that should help Kyler Murray in this offense with the, the intermediate routes, 10 to 19 yards. Yeah, too many times, to your point, we saw him drift backwards. He needs to move forward and go up in the pocket, and perhaps there will be more of a pocket for him to move up into here in 2021. You heard Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee Show announce the trade. Well, how about we hear from the man who orchestrated that trade, General Manager Steve Kime. Well, like everybody, I, I saw the news that he was potentially going to be released, which shocked me uh, because of the type of player that I saw on tape. Um, so then when the opportunity presented itself and I talked to Mike Mayock, we tried to pull the trigger extremely quick. It was it, it took a matter of minutes to get the deal done and I'm really excited about what he brings to the table, uh, not only on the field, but in the locker room as well. Entering his 11th season, spent the past six seasons with the Raiders and Hudson, yes, acquired along with a seventh-round pick for a third-round pick. And the Cardinals, yes, definitely taking advantage and upgrading the offensive line. So the center position upgraded. And then you look at the left side, D.J. Humphreys and Justin Pugh. They are solid. D.J. Humphreys, one of the best left tackles in all of the league. And then Justin Pugh praised heavily by Kime earlier this offseason on the Duggan Wolf Show. 
I mean, I think Justin Pugh had his best year as a Cardinal. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that DJ Humphreys has turned into one of the better left tackles in the league. And I can't say enough about the, uh, the, the way he played this year. I thought he played at a Pro Bowl level. So the left side is set, MJ, and to your point, the right side, Calvin Beecham's got right tackle locked down, but it's right guard that's a bit of a question mark. Brian Winters, another acquisition this offseason. So I do like where things stand with those best five guys protecting and opening up rushing lanes for that Cardinals offense. And normally, uh, you know, you'll dress eight guys. Maybe they'll keep nine, one in the practice squad. And then you got some, you know, you got some veteran uh, players now. Not that Josh Jones is a veteran player, but he got his feet wet last year coming in as an extra blocker. Winters has a ton of stars. Justin Murray has played. Max Garcia may be your backup center guard slash. So I, I like where they're at. And one thing that, you know, Sean Kluger maintained with a with the media when he got a chance to talk to us, I want the second group. I don't want to have any drop-off. Now, clearly they're starters for a reason. Some of these guys are making more money. But he doesn't want a huge drop-off if something happens during the season. Everything B-Train looks good on paper. Now we need to see it's on the football field. And I think we will get a glimpse of that hopefully this week and next week. But this offensive line on paper, how does it compare over the last couple of seasons based on what you've seen from your vantage point? Well, I see this this group now being a a true strength of the team. We talked in reference of not being the weakest link, not getting them cute in seasons past, but now they're going to actually be a strength. And I think you're going to see game plans where they take advantage of the offensive line because now there are certain running plays that can be had with the Rodney Hudson and, and some of the other players involved. So, I just think it, it opens up the playbook that much more. It gives Coach Kingsbury that many more options. And I think the players are going to be excited because now they know that there's going to be certain times where they make a call and, and they're on the same page with the coach saying that, hey, we call this play because we think you can dominate their front. And if you can dominate their front, then we're going to continue to call these plays and we don't have to have 100 different plays per game. We can just have four or five runs. We can have maybe four or five throws, uh, patterns that we want to throw, and we just go out and beat this team just because we're better. And I think that's a great situation to be in if you're a team. You you don't have to uh, try to trick teams. You don't have to come with all the bells and whistles. You just get back to good old-fashioned, bloody-knuckle, beat-you-to-a-pulp-type football that a lot of old-school players and a lot of old-school fans love to see. We've mentioned the name Sean Kugler a couple of times, the offensive line coach, and now this season tagged with run game coordinator. That is something that DJ Humphreys was excited to hear. I know who Kooks is, and I know if he's involved, I know we're going to be downhill and we're going to be running at people and we're going to be physical because that's just what he coached. That's, that's, that's who we are as a unit. I'm so excited. Congratulations to him. Super excited for my guy Kooks. Cardinals MJ were a solid rushing team last season, but not at the end of the season. They need to be more efficient, and there is a school of thought that we might see more of a running game out of this offense. I think that's where they hang their hat. Of course, the run sets up the pass, and last year they started rotating players and for different reasons, whether it was health, trying to find a spark, but they weren't the same team down the stretch, especially in the month of December. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, The Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. When we come back, we'll stay on the offensive side of the ball, tied in 
another area that this team looks to as far as the blocking scheme is concerned. That's all straight ahead. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Goal at the four, two tight ends to the right, snap to Murray, and he pulls it back, throws to the left to Max Williams, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome back, Max Williams, such a key guy for this Cardinal team in the passing game and in the run game, and the Cardinals after that great run by Kyler Murray on third and nine, get into the end zone. Max Williams, 6'4", 252, can do so much as an offense or as part of an offense, whether that's blocking and, yes, the ability to catch the balls as well. The big issue for him, however, has just been staying healthy and the tight end position overall. How much is it going to be used as far as a pass catcher is concerned? There are 13 wide receivers on the roster as we speak. There are seven tight ends. Really, though, only two with some decent experience. Williams is one and Darrell Daniels is the other, and it's a reason why, MJ, that some people believe that tight end is a position this offseason that perhaps maybe General Manager Steve Kime does look to improve at some point, maybe closer to training camp or the start of the regular season. It's just a matter of what are you looking for? Do you need another pass catcher, or are you looking to improve the blocking aspect? Well, I think when you look at Williams and Darrell Daniels, I think they do a good job when it comes to blocking. I I, I think we've shown um, that you know Max Williams can make some catches, um, but I do think they want to run 12 personnel. And how many tight ends will they keep on the roster? How many are going to be active on game day? So We'll wait and see if they, if something happens in camp where they got to go out and get a veteran guy, but they got some young guys in here. And, you know, if you put, put three on the roster, dress two on game day. Um, but again, uh, the fact is, you got some undrafted free agents that have come in here. They looked the part. Now it's a matter of are they better blockers or are they better pass catchers? On the tight end position, Cardinals director of player personnel recently on the Big Red Rage, Drew Grigson, talking about that tight end room. It's something that we still need to improve. There's no doubt about it. We know what uh, what we have with Max Williams. We have a, a solid vet. He's going to be very good in the run game. He's he's going to do his thing in the passing game. Darrell Daniels, is, we know him well, and we know what we're going to get with him. But then it's young and inexperienced. We signed two, obviously, in free agency with uh, Kerry Angeline, uh, who was a USC transfer, went to North Carolina State. Very uh, tall, long, very good in the passing game, athletic. And then Bruno LaBelle, who's almost his exact opposite. He's a big body, a 6'4", 250-pound kid who's really, really good in the running game. There's also Bernhard Sykovitz and Ross Travis on the roster as well. But to Drixen's point, there is a lot of youth and inexperience. B-Train, how do you size up the tight end position and what perhaps is utilized out of that room as far as the Cardinals' offense is concerned? Start looking at the tight end. I think of all the skill positions, they're probably the weakest link. But I think you can still maximize them if you have so much attention to the receivers. And of course, rightfully so. When you have the, the DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green, you're going to give them a lot of attention. Then it's a great opportunity for Max to, to really step in and, and be that 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 target over the middle of the defense and, and right over the middle of the formation. So. There's, there's plays to be had if you are willing to, to take those steps and, and step up when your name is called. And so they're not going to be the flashy names that people know right on the tip of their tongue, but I think they can be a very productive group to, individually and collectively if they take advantage of the opportunities given. And, and I think 
with the success of the run game, if they're willing to put their nose in there and, 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 and block in the run, then I think you're going to see this offense really take off and be what Coach Kingsbury and, and the rest of this offense in them being all along. Max Williams last season in nine games, eight catches, 102 yards, and one touchdown, but seven games on the sidelines because of an ankle injury, which ultimately landed him on IR. But B-Train, if you do have that tight end across the middle, it does open things up, but it's just a matter of health. Although maybe the flip side is, you know what, the tight end might not be much of a factor because, to your point, when you've got DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, who you drafted, that perhaps the focus is on the receiver's moving the ball up and down the field. But if they catch a few passes, Craig, then they're going to at least get the eyeballs of that safety. And all you want is to buy a little time for Kyler Murray to, to have that safety or that defensive back occupied to, to take on a Max Williams or Durrell, whoever is at that position. If you really intend on giving the ball to the wide receivers, it, you just need that split second. If you can just buy – a, a, a split second, a, a, a step in the wrong direction, that could be the difference in a huge play and a touchdown or a possible interception. So you, you want to make sure that that tight end does his job of, one, catching the ball when his number's called, or at the very least running that interference so that you can buy that, that, that time that Kyler Murray's going to need to get the ball to the weapons that he chooses to. I mean, you take a look at it from a standpoint, you know, 12 personnel was their second uh, grouping last year. 11 personnel, you can get a tight end out there to block. You can also bring in an extra blocker if you choose to. So I think think 11 and 12 personnel are going to be their base offenses, and it's just a matter with how much 10 personnel we see at some point. I just love to see Max Williams healthy for an entire season because I think he is that perfect complement to this offense as far as catching the ball and, of course, blocking it as well. Reminder, single game tickets on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. That's going to put a lid on this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We'll do it in one week's time. For Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher, Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. Mark it down, 11 a.m. Tuesdays all year long. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it, he's in, touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.